Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Come on, side, 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 Welcome to Come On Son, the podcast. My name is Ed Lover. I have a very special guest joining me right now. Mr. Sam Pollard is about to come into the room. And we are about to talk about the FBI and Martin Luther King Jr. Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Good, good. So um, I've read your resume. Pretty impressive, my friend. Extremely impressive. Thank you for joining me. I'm honored to have you. My pleasure. You did MLK in the FBI. There's been many, many things that have been written and documented about the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Why did you decide to tackle this again? It was a, a book that I had read and my producer, Ben Hadin, had read about Dr. King being surveilled by Hoover and the FBI. We both liked the book and the direction of it. So we reached out to the author, a gentleman named Dave Gara, who had been, written books about King and the civil rights movement before who I knew from Eyes on the Prize, where he had been a consultant. So we reached out to him, took an option on the book. Then we ended up flying into Pittsburgh, where he lives. And we took a camera crew over to his house and basically had him sort of tell us the whole story about how the book came about, the material in the book. And it became sort of the framing, one of the framing devices to tell a story in the film. There has been a lot of brand new evidence that has been uncovered by you and your team. A lot of declassified information that was made public. What is the most shocking thing you think that you have learned from this new information? The, the most shocking thing was the fact how far the FBI would go to destroy Dr. King's reputation by creating this letter in the voice of an African-American basically saying, we know who you are, we know the terrible things you've done, you know what you need to do, basically intimating he should kill himself. And then putting together an audio tape supposedly of King in a relationship with another woman that they didn't send to his wife they initially sent it to the SCLC offices and they passed it on to Coretta Scott King. So she had to read this letter. She had to listen to this tape. That's, that's really not within the purview of the FBI's role in terms of surveilling people. Why was Dr. King under surveillance in the first place? As, as a almost 58 year old man, which I will be on Friday, I don't, I don't understand that. I was a child during the March on Washington, during most of the civil rights era. I don't understand why they felt that Dr. King needed to be surveilled. Well, Hoover saw him as a threat. He saw him as a radical threat, this nonviolent activist. He saw him as the next black messiah who's gonna lead our people to the promised land. And then when he found out that Dr. King was 
spending time with a gentleman named Stanley Levinson who had been a member of the Communist Party, that was sort of the first key to unlocking who he thought King was. He thought King was flirting with the Communist Party and he wanted to understand how far that went. So that's why he asked Bobby Kennedy, the Attorney General, to give him permission to start to wiretap Dr. King. But in wiretapping King, in his hotel rooms and when he was on the road, they learned that he was having multiple relationships with other women other than his wife, Coretta Scott King. So that became a, a second key that they thought they could use to sort of pass on to the press and destroy Dr. King's reputation. But the, back then the press didn't grab onto those you know, salacious stories. Mm -hmm. So it is true that Dr. King was having other relationships besides. That, that's been documented before. People, I mean, Ralph Abernathy, when he wrote his book, he talked about it. So mm -hmm. it, it wasn't anything new that people didn't know about. I mean, you know, I think the th differences in my film you know, I try to show you a more complicated Dr. King than the one that we see as the iconic presence who did the I Have a Dream speech at the March on Washington. Yeah, one, th one thing that, that have absolutely stunned me, I'm here in, in Atlanta, Georgia, is I got to visit Dr. King's childhood home. And one of the things that's, that really startled me and awakened me about Dr. King that I don't think a lot of us were taught when we were learning the, uh, what I would like to call the, you know, the outside or the in the box Dr. King that everybody wanted to present is that he was so young. Yeah, he was a young man. When this was going on and, and thinking of myself at that age, I don't know if I could have led a whole movement in my early thirties, my mind was on something else. And, and it also came to my attention that where he was positioned in his life, having uh, graduated high school at 15 and then going on to college and then the way he lived and his family lived, which was so much better than most people around him, he didn't have to get involved in this at all. No, but he, obviously inside of him, there was a need to, to help our people, you know, get out of this apartheid in America and become mainstream, you know, equal citizens in the country. So he took on that mission and we should applaud the fact that he did that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We all should applaud uh, the fact that Dr. King did that. Um, isn't it something illegal about what the FBI was doing or Bobby Kennedy signed off on the wiretaps on Dr. King? Because well, the wiretaps are legal because they were basically seeing was if he was going to become a communist. What was illegal was to go so far as to create these letters, you know, intimating that King should kill himself and then putting together a tape they sent to his wife. That's illegal. Now, I'm not sure but Bobby Kennedy wasn't, wasn't a, I don't think he was still attorney general by then. Mm -hmm. you know, after, because that was after uh, J JFK's assassination, so, right? And and I don't think that Hoover got permission to do that. He just did it. He so pretty much J Edgar Hoover had free reign to do whatever he wanted to do. He, as was, he was he was director of the FBI for over forty years, so that gave him a lot of power, man. Yeah, a whole lot of power. And they really felt like Dr. King was that much of a threat that that these are the things that they needed to do. It's amazing for us to believe that because he was such a nonviolent activist, but right. they, saw him, they saw him as a threat. I mean, they probably equated him with the Nation of Islam and the Black Panther Party. They were all threats to undo, right. you know, that's this philosophy of American democracy that people held on to in those periods, in those years. And in those years, it was keep Black people underfoot by any means necessary. Exactly. Second class citizens we were. Even, even though we were quote, unquote, free of slavery, segregation still existed. I see you chuckle when I say free of slavery. It's just a different form of slavery. Exactly, man.
and all of this stuff was legal. I had this conversation with my mother and I would love to have your thoughts on it when I found out about um, the way that they did with the, um, the the housing act and when the GIs were supposed to come home and get you know free loans and the redlining of everything. And my mother's 80, almost 83 years old. And I'm trying to figure out how all of this stuff was legal and why isn't there anything that we can do about it in 2021? Isn't there some remedy that we can get against the government of the United States of America? Well, you have to go out and fight it legally. I mean, there are these housing covenants where you couldn't move into certain neighborhoods. You had to have a certain amount of money to pay for a house. I mean, these are things they were doing legally in the North. I mean, people say that you know, segregation was horrible in the South. That's why many Blacks migrated to the North. But when they came North, they had to face what we call de facto segregation. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, this country, you know this, Ed, this country is full of hypocrisy, man. Yeah. I mean, let's look at, let's look at what's going on in the Capitol building now, you know, with this just impeachment trial. And these, and these House of Representative managers are doing their best job to present a, a case the Trump incited a riot. Now, do you think that those Republican senators sitting there, they're really paying attention? They've, no. already, they've already made up their minds, man. Yeah. And, they, and then they, if you said to these guys, you're really not being very democratic, they would, they would say, how dare you say that to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this country is, is full of hypocrisy all sure the way is. through. Oh, and I and I it just it's more and more and I and I saw the trailer for uh, MLK and the FBI and I cannot wait to see this stunning documentary that you have put together. It really blows my mind how far the United States government would go to squash Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the civil rights yeah, movement. Yeah, because he was radical then. He was radical. He was basically this is what he was saying. You know, black people shouldn't it just be, you know, having to drink at separate water fountains that say colored only or go to bathrooms that say colored only. They should be able to walk into a restaurant and sit down at a, t- at a counter. You know, they should be able to get on a bus and sit at the front of the bus. You know, America up until that point, they basically, and you know, this white Americans stuff, everything's all right. You know, black people, sure, they go to their own communities. They take care of our kids. You know, they shine our shoes. You know, they don't cause any trouble. You know, so right. why, 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 why are you gonna let this guy cause trouble now? Wasn't thing, weren't things all right? <laughs> when, when Dr. King first presented these ideas along with everyone that was around him to move black people in to a different direction, a, a direction of equality here in the United States of America, where there's, was there initially backlash from African-American people? You know, there were some people in the community, man, who said, why are you making such a fuss, man? Stop, bro. We good. I'm a dentist. I got my own very nice house over here. You don't mess it up. There's always those. You know, know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like masses of us stood up and said, we follow Dr. King. And then he had to build that, man. He had to build that, that, Mm -hmm. that following, you know. You know, I was saying to somebody, man, in six, I was 14 and 60. I was 18 years old when Dr. King was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And in our household, I don't know if in your household, we had in our living room, we had, we had three pictures on the wall. Martin Luther King Jr., John F. Kennedy, and Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, that was the Holy Trinity. You know? Yeah. That's, that's what people thought of Dr. King. Yeah, I, I remember, I, I, uh, Mr. Pollard, I can remember when I came in the house with a poster 
of Malcolm X and try to put them up in the living room. My mother was like, don't you put that up in my, I was like, but mom, read the autobiography of Malcolm X. This man had something to say. Don't do it. It was Dr. King. It was Jesus Christ. And it was somebody else, but it was no Malcolm X could, could be put up on that wall in that time. Malcolm was saying, don't turn the other cheek. Right. If the master, what does he say? If the master tries to burn your house, tries to burn your house down, then you burn down his house, you know? That's right. <laughs> that was super radical at the time. Yeah, man. That was even more radical than Dr. King. Um, how long did it take you to, to get, to gather all of this information and to put all of this information and to come with this documentary? How long was that process? This was, this was pretty fast. Normally it takes about four or five, six years to get a film made, man. This one wow. took- this one took two and a half. That's pretty quick. This is quick, man. This was quick. I've, I've been working on one for over 25 years, and finally, I think I'm going to get out. Really? Yeah, man, a long time. And what is this one, that, the one that's taken 25 years? This is the one about Max Roach. You remember Max Roach? Of course. The yeah. incredible Max Roach. Oh, yeah. I've been, you know, I hung out with Max in the 90s, man, and I started documenting him. Mm -hmm. So finally, I was able to raise enough money to finally have a film that's almost done now about Max and his music and his relationship with Abby Lincoln, you know, mm -hmm. the phenomenal playing with Charlie Parker and Thelonious Monk and Bud Powell. You know, this is this is like I'm a big jazz fan. So it's like, yeah, I should film, man. Yeah, it, it's got to be a labor of love. Yeah, it's a labor of love. You it's know, like, when I knew that you guys as filmmakers, man, really would put your whole life and your passion behind it. I remember when Ray came out and when Jamie Foxx was a good friend, won the Academy Award. I remember the filmmaker saying it took him over 10 years to get that it film. Made. That's right. 10 years, nobody yeah. would believe in it. Nobody would give him the funding. That's right, man. It's It's gotta be difficult for you to do a film of this manner because there's gotta be a lot of people out there. So, oh man, Dr. King. Why are you bringing that up again? Why are you why yeah, you want to go down you, that road? You gotta stay, you know, you gotta stay to the task. Sure, you get rejections, but you, my attitude, man, rejection is normal. You know, the exception is when someone says, Oh, yes, we like it, we're gonna give you money. Right. Because you know, most 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 times I've been in this business a long time, man. I've got a lot of rejections, man. So. <laughs> it's just it's just a part of it. It's a part of the process. Yeah, and, and when does this film, when do we get to see it in its entirety? Because I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's playing now. I, I okay. Know, are you talking about MLK? Are you talking about MLK. MLK? Yeah, it's playing now. You can We can watch it on on YouTube or Amazon. Okay. Oh, I got Amazon. And so I'm, people, definitely gonna, I'm definitely going to check it out because it's... And it's in some places, like in Atlanta, it's playing in theaters. Then I might have to go to the theater and see it. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Where are you? Are I'm you? in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, it's playing in Atlanta theaters. Yeah, okay. I know it's still there, but it was. Well, I will definitely go to the theaters and see it. What's what's next? What's your next project? The Max Roach or something else before that? I got one I'm trying to finish about Arthur Ashe. You know, trying to get that done. Man, that that man was on my bucket list of people that I wanted to meet. Yeah, man. And unfortunately, I didn't. But I did get to meet his wife. But I, I didn't get to meet Arthur Ashe, man. Right, right, Jeannie. Mr. Pollard, thank you so much for joining me. For I really appreciate it. And I'm so looking forward to MLK and the FBI. I'm I'm salivating here. All right, good. It's yeah. heartbreaking for me too to know that the extent that they would go through to keep us down. It's just America is full of hypocrisy, hypocrisy, always have been and always will be. It sure will, man. My brother, be, be well. Good. Take it easy. Take care.
That was Mr. Sam Pollitt, MLK, and the FBI are in the theaters right now, man. Y'all make sure that y'all go and check that out. You can, you know what? It's it for me. It warms my heart when I see somebody that cares enough about us as a people to go through those labors of love to tell our story. You know, the United States of America is full of hypocrisy, hypocrisy when it comes to us. And they owe us, man. It ain't no, it is no two ways about it. And we may not ever see it in our lifetimes as grown people, but hopefully our children will get to see it in their lifetimes. Um, man, to go through all that just so that we can't ride the bus and drink out the same water fountain or be known as a man and to be treated as a man. The FBI killed Dr. King. You know it, I know it. The world just doesn't know it because America is such a superpower, but the United States of America should be, really should be ashamed of themselves for all the legal and illegal things that they did to us as black people and to our leaders. Come on, son. Peace, y'all. Come on, son, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.